0: This is Edgar Papke. This
1: is Ken Sagendorf. Hello, everybody. We're live here this morning in the Innovation Incubator in the Anderson College of Business and Computing at Regis University in Denver, Colorado.
0: And welcome to True Alignment, where we have conversations focused on alignment in all its different forms in life and business and our communities. Welcome.
1: How are you doing today, Edgar?
0: Fairly good. We're a day behind on the podcast
1: life life happened right car yeah. car trouble yesterday
0: mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's it's uh, very worthwhile just noting the car trouble wasn't yours it was your daughter's and um and we've had this conversation here on true alignment uh, before which is the idea of the third element and providing clarity on what's most important in our lives the third element focuses on the relationship that we have with love and time and reminds us of the importance of our love relationships and uh, and i my sense of it is in all the all the work that we've done through the years and we keep coming back inevitably to this conversation about how do i love to the fullest in the time that i have and how do i care for and really honor the relationships of love my life, especially those with our children, our families, and the importance uh, of being aligned to, being in service to that, and being committed and to be in, te- in integrity with, with with that third element, uh, the the um, power of choice that we have.
1: Yeah, it was an interesting day because my uh, youngest daughter got to experience. Uh, break down on the side of the road yesterday, not once but twice. So I, um, coming out of school, her car wouldn't start. So I I went over there and jumped her car, and it was running. And you know I said, let's just bring it home, and we'll deal with it when we get home. And she drives like a grandma. Honestly, um, you know I've been begging her to do that insurance plug-in so we can get the <laughs> discount because it's for sure gonna give us a discount <laughs> the way she drives. But I was explaining, you know, don't don't dawdle, get home. Get home, get it in the driveway so we can really take a good look at it. And lo and behold, we on the way home, she uh the first hill the car, the car died, so she had to pull over. Uh, so we jumped her again and, and all was good. And then she got about another mile down the road and she pulled over in this biggest mud pit. I mean the snow was oh, melting course. and I God was damn, you know, <laughs> an inch of <laughs> mud. You know, the it's like <laughs> jumper cables are dragging through the mud. I wrecked my shoes. <laughs> But, uh you know we you, you speak speaking of love and alignment uh and and the topic we're really going to talk to today about listening, mm-hmm. um, you know, she was in a place with being really scared, mm-hmm. and uh you know, frightened she hadn't experienced this before, she's a teenager, so she's a little embarrassed of having the car off on the side of the road as everybody from school is you know driving around her and uh-huh. You know, in near tears, and and I'm trying to explain to her, like, where the car had died was barely off the road. And I said, we need to move it. We need to move it. And so you you can imagine this where I have the hood open, we jump the car, and I say, so Bryn, this is what I need you to do. We're going to get the car running. I need you to pull out and pull up there 50 feet and get further off the road so the car is safe. We'll call a tow truck. And uh, she nodded, Mm -hmm. but then she couldn't do those actions fast enough. And so I said, well, I can show you, but then you would have to take the jumper cables off the car and Mm close the hood, by the way, Mm -hmm. fast enough for me to do this. And, And really what we came down to is we were missing each other. So very tense, very tense. Dad's not, Dad's way out of alignment in those moments when the tension rises like that. We recover later, but we move so far out of that alignment and then we come back to it. But it really was about listening because what I needed her to do right there was to not focus on what she was feeling and to focus on my words. I mean, we had a joke that she wouldn't be good in the military (laughs) because... (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, we had, we have a we had a similar conversation with a with a, a group that we had in town last week. So, a group of about twenty people came in, and we spent a couple of days doing planning work with them. Um, and the conversation about uh, the ideas of, of you know, what what constitutes a competitive advantage, and the idea of how we listen to one another, and and the value that it brings. And then the conversation, of course, you unfold it. And, and we've, we've, we've also talked about this here on the podcast about the idea of vulnerability. And that vulnerability uh, isn't just uh, expressed or demonstrated as we speak our truth. It's how well do we open up and listen to others. And this idea of, of you asking Bryn to be able to, in that moment, listen and listen to the words, to, to do that. We need to be able to have a level of consciousness so that we can understand what fears are getting in the way of listening. So the vulnerability that comes with listening is actually the ability to be able to identify and confront in the moment of fear, to be able to explore fear. And as it so often happens in in the context of business and work and intimate relationships, um, that fear gets in the way. It does. the The fear then uh, shows up and invokes uh, uh, the uh, the defensiveness that gets in the way of the vulnerability to be open to exploration, curiosity, and really listen to one another. That's a that's a great reminder, and it and it shows up everywhere.
1: Edgar, yeah, you and I, we've been talking and you're so good at leading that you know that team that was here through this idea of what what really is our competitive advantage because we had spoken with a lot of their leadership team and asked them flat out what it was yeah um and you and you frame competitive advantage very differently you do frame it from this place of listening and you know that's been a little bit of the theme of the podcast as we move through you know from our very first episode which we focused on the the great resignation and the great alignment mm-hmm to uh, a more recent podcast where we had Tim's story on. And I remember very vividly you, you know, you sharing with, with Tim, that it's not just about listening. It's about listening with an openness and with a vulnerability so that um, both parties, all parties are in, are engaged together. And so, mm-hmm. you know, at the heart of when you talk about competitive advantage at the heart of it is this idea of mutual, mutual respect.
0: Yeah, and very uh, when you think about um, when you think about all the work that's done around teams and relationships within teams and and groups, it really does come back to that because I'm not I am pretty much convinced that you can't talk about trust without talking about mutual respect. So the, uh, to unpack that, that at the core of all relationships, the core of all human relationships, is this idea of Mutual respect, which is very simply the definition we use is that um, mutual respect is I treat you the way you want to be treated, and in reciprocity, you treat me the way I want to be treated. What's core to that is the understanding that I don't know how to treat you, I don't know how to behave towards you or act towards you in a way that reflects my understanding of you until I listen. It's that simple, it's that powerful. Deep at the, at the core of that is that if you don't listen to me, then I don't get that sense of importance or significance or value that I'm, that I'm seeking in our relationship. So the idea of listening is what evokes trust. In other words, at the core of every relationship is mutual respect. And if I know that you're willing to listen to me, then I can begin to trust you. And from that trust, I'm able to be open I can be open and share what I think, see, and feel without running the risk of being ignored or that it's not being heard, that it's not being valued, which is a reflection of how much it is that I have value in my self-concept and, and how I feel.
1: So, the, Edgar, the alignment framework is really reaching to talk about what the customer experiences and and, you know, the you know your your genius is this idea of tying it to the emotional needs of the customer and how right. those are met
0: right?
1: you talk a lot about the alignment between that customer experience with the business and the employee experience within the business yeah and this is you know all of these things you're saying about mutual respect and trust leads to openness really. It's so easy for people to consider that as a personal relationship rather than a work relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As we like to say, there's fallacies in life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As Joseph Campbell so astutely once pointed out that the greatest fallacy we live with around the globe is that the sun rises. It doesn't. The earth turns, and we all know it. And the second great fallacy that we like is don't take this personal. Complete (laughs) bunch of crap, right? So this, uh, and the third one is I can be non-judgmental. Go figure that one out. And so, when we when we look at um, a relationship to a customer, and we think about the EX and CX, customer experience, employee experience, and not aligning those, I mean, really at the core, the behaviors need to be alike. If if I don't respect you as a person within the organization, the likelihood is that's going to extend outwardly to the customer. And how do we respect a customer? What's the level of respect? How truthful are we? How, how well do we really listen to the customer? And we begin by internalizing that in the organization. So as we, as we unwind the Nautilus, and the Nautilus extends and grows and goes outward, so at the core of the Nautilus, the shell, is this idea of mutual respect, If we mutually respect one another and listen to one another, then we learn to trust. And when we trust, we are open with one another. And only when we're open with one another can we attain high levels of mutual benefit. In business, we like to call it accountability, which is you keep your promises, I'll keep my promises. You keep your commitments, I keep mine. You live up to and demonstrate the expectations that I have for the relationship, and in reciprocity, you I do the same you do the same and and uh we create mutual benefit. And the key here being and if you think about this in terms of work relationships and people in a team this idea of you know accountability is is really about meeting each other's expectations and if they're not being met that we can have an open conversation about it. All too often what happens in all kinds of relationships whether it's intimate marriages and whatever the relationship is Um, You find that um, just simply, if I'm not having an expectation being met, I can't talk about it if I don't think you're going to listen to me. I can't trust. I can't be open. And so for us to really have mutual benefit in a relationship, we need to go all the way back to and establish that mutual respect. And then if you multiply those relationships times the number of relationships on a team, then you realize that that listening the ability to listen and to be open with one another winds up being the core of what team performance is about. And then multiply the number of teams in the organization and the ability to work through mutual benefit, mutual respect and trust with one another winds up being your organizational benefit, which isn't just another way of saying your organization's performance and then you extend that out into the world and you see very quickly as you, as you uh, grow the nautilus and as you as you extend it out into the world, the realization is, is very simply and powerfully that our competitive advantage is how we listen.
1: Yeah again, I'm always amazed you bring me back to such uh, elegant simplicity in these kinds of conversation. So Edgar, I want to you know I'll come back to this idea of a mutual benefit. Mm -hmm. Right. So that is the that is the key that when the customer has a benefit and the business has a benefit, that's really the heart of a successful business. It is. And so that's also the place where if that mutuality is out of alignment, where conflict comes in.
0: It does. Yeah. And again, I think it's great to remind our audience the way we think about conflict is the natural tension that exists between a current state and a desired future state. What I'm getting and what I want and that tension in between the two, that's really what conflict is. And so, yeah, the ability then to even to manage that those conflicts effectively require us to be able to be curious and confront through curiosity, to ask questions, to be able to, go go right back to the core to say, I really cannot manage this conflict or this misalignment. Every misalignment is an opportunity in life and in business, and I can't manage that or do anything w- with that misalignment unless I'm able to speak to it and unless I'm able to listen to the other person to create that kind of a dialogue that's necessary.
1: Yeah, here's where I'm going to bring in the... The movie reference of the week.
0: Oh. Uh, I've been looking forward to this.
1: Edgar, Jim, you have any guesses on what we're gonna where, what I'm gonna roll out here? All right. So I Okay. <laughs> this is good. We, we, we just shaking his head we, now. We, we've no, stomped everybody. So no you know, this is um at the heart of Remember the Titans. Oh. Right? So yeah. this is, you know, they they have a um an integrated school for the first time. And so they have all of this racial tension, but then they have different sides on the offense and the defense, and they bring them away for camp. And really it gets to the heart of um, the, the two young gentlemen leading the offense and the defense finally get to a point where they tell each other what they need from the other.
0: Mm-hmm
1: right and and we saw that with the business we had this last week. I mean, it wasn't until they broke free and realized they were they were open enough with each other, born out of respect, but also in search of that mutual benefit mm-hmm. and that and you know if you haven't seen the movie, they go on to win the state championship, et cetera, but you know that was really the turning point for that team where they finally understood that the offense and defense were reliant upon each other to do something. Yeah. We, we worked, you mentioned that business that we, that we had in town. This, you know, this is for me, this is always the uncomfortable part of working with a business because this, uh, this concept of mutual respect um, leading into the mutual benefit, There's sides, there's always sides in a business. Right. This unit does this. This unit does something else. Right. And, you know, as as external partners, we get to see kind of how the puzzle pieces fit together to form the picture. Yeah. But not always do you hear that in the conversations between the folks within the business.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there wholeheartedly. And, and I think quite simply, at least for for me, it's looking at it from the outside you often get to experience it in a way that people that are in those relationships and in that context, um, they're so drawn into it and a part of it, it's really at times difficult to step back and see what's going on and to be able to really understand what's occurring between the relationships or the groups. And then it's so easy to draw sides. It is. Sometimes just for the sake of trying to find a side to be on. Yeah. That sense of belonging that goes with it. And then there's this other piece of it that I find so powerful is this idea of trust. And what is the definition of trust? Um, As we, in our work, we, it's, it's based on the idea that there's, there's three uh, dimensions of trust. And so we easily speak the language of trust, yet we don't know what what trust and of itself represents what the definition is, or what the underlying need or want is, uh, of one an- that that we carry, and understanding one another in that in that way becomes so important. It does. So I don't know what your definition of trust is until I ask, until I inquire, and then really openly listen, and not see it through the lens that um, of argument or push back on it, rather, of opening it up and exploring it further. What is that definition of trust? And in all of our relationships, one of the great unspoken expectations that we have is to be heard by one another, to be listened to. And There's that element of trust that is often overlooked, just simply, I trust that you will listen to me. We know when it, when it goes awry. We know when it's not there. We know when that conflict exists. To be aware of that and to be conscious of it teaches us a lot as human beings. That it's one of the key elements of great leadership is to be curious and to listen and to inquire and and respect those around you and, and create that trust. So art,
1: art presents itself to us as the way that you, they do it backwards from from this model that you're presenting, right? I mean they show us a conflict and mm-hmm. the conflict is always the thing that leads to openness leads to recognizing one another leads to trust. Yeah. And so but you but you're saying the opposite. You're saying, you know, that mutual respect brings about the trust which allows for openness which then leads to mutual benefit. So why does why does the world mirror to us that there's a conflict necessary for us to trust one another?
0: I find it remarkably powerful just to hear people talk about trust through that lens. Mm-hmm. So, and what I mean by that is, some will say, "I'll trust you until you do me wrong." So then, prove to me then, right? <laughs> and it's kind of a waiting game, right? And then and the other way around is, "I'm not going to trust you. You have to earn my trust." Okay. Well, if somebody says that, I mean, just I I think it's just powerful to just step back for a moment when someone says, "Well, you need to earn my trust." Say, well, tell me what that looks like. What are we talking about here? What is the expectation, and is there, is there a clarity of that expectation? Um, it was, uh, it's always interesting to ask a group of people when they talk about trust. I'd, I like to ask how many of you in the room are married. Then the hands go up and say, well, how many, when you, uh, when you said your vows, told the other person that you, will, that you promised to tell them the truth. <laughs> and uh, remarkably uh, hardly anybody raises their hands or, they, or you see all the eyes go to the ceiling like, let me let me think this through here. Did I say that? Because if I did, crap, boy, I really stepped in. So I, I think that idea of being able to have that conversation at that level and you're not going to have it without listening the breakthroughs the breakthroughs are not when we're shouting at one another it's when somebody stops and listens to what the other person is shouting at them to be able to to move that to that place and uh, we could call it you know feeling centered uh, we could call it being you know laser focused on the on the words that are being spoken there's a lot of ways of coming at it at the end of the day it's listening it's stopping and listening
1: such a practice, right? I mean, we're all in search of ways to listen to ourselves and where we're being, where we're being led. Um, what, what our feelings are and what they mean. Uh, self-listening is hard. I mean, brutally hard um, to the point where it's so difficult to listen to ourselves. How do we get to listen to others?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the power then of just saying simply, and, you know, we, 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 uh, Last week, when we worked with the team that was in town, we, we, uh, we had that yes and, those yes and moments, and they were remarkable. Uh, when, when they started using that language with each other, and you started hearing the ands instead of the buts and the, the, the nos that are spoken. No, I don't agree with that. As opposed to, yes, yeah, say more about that. That, that. that simple switch is so simple, yet so powerful, especially in the moment. Um, when things are quote unquote heated or the arguments are you know ensuing, it's uh it's just remarkable to see the breakthroughs because those when we think about innovation, we think about creativity, it's always the building of one idea upon another, and it's so easily shut down that that process can be just taken off the track so quickly. If we're not listening, or we believe we're listening, <laughs> the only reason we're listening is to create an argument or a rebuttal, right? Yeah, which is so different.
1: We had. Um, I'm going to be very vulnerable. I, I have this letter in my office that I read to myself at least once a year. It was not a. It was not a positive thing at the moment. You know, I used to work for the American military and um, very male, very white very male organization that's the culture and we had brought in a new leader female leader um, who was unfamiliar with the military culture and really struggled to adjust and, and we didn't help our team didn't help because we we had a way of interacting with one another where um you know she described us as as apes thumping our chest because we always talked over one another in meetings Uh Uh-huh. And it was, you know, we were excited. I mean, just passionate about what we were doing and we we were not arguing or refuting ideas. We were adding to ideas. Um but that wasn't comfortable for her. And so we had to learn a new set of we had to learn a new set of behaviors. We had to invite somebody into the conversation so we could listen. Yeah. And it was a practice, it was a practice. And, you know, she wrote a letter as she, as she resigned, um, mirroring back to us our culture with some really great things for us to learn and take away. Yeah. Um, I mean, she influenced the things I read um, and how I see the world because of that experience. And that's why I keep that letter and read it every year. But I bring this up because we got a really interesting question at the end of our time with that business. And the question was, how can somebody in a fast paced, innovative, loud, type A, extroverted organization that's truly listening the entire time, but isn't quite ready to contribute, how do they get listened to, Edgar?
0: I think it's important to, uh, to get engaged in that conversation. Right there, I think you just hit it right on the, uh, hit it right on the nail head. And that is to have a conversation about how things work, um, including how well do we listen to one another, how well do we inquire with one another, to make that a part of the conversation. All too often, and we know this also from the data of, uh, that we collect in working with teams, that the greatest weaknesses they always point to are the in- inability that they don't assess how the team functions. And then improve on that. That's one of the weaknesses, and the other one is how they manage conflict, which then, of course, leads to a to a problem-solving <laughs> equation of, oops, you know, we we can't do that well unless we listen to one another as well. It's just so powerful. So when I think it's I think it's so so important that when we talk about how are we doing, it's not just the numbers, it's not just the key performance indicators or the OKRs or whatever it is that we're measuring. Yes, we need to talk about those, and we need to solve problems that may get and get in the way or interfere with higher levels of performance. Inevitably, we need to have the conversation of how we function as a team, which then takes us to that level of how do we manage conflict, how do we listen to one another, and how well do we do that. And within that, again, going back to Nautilus, is that at the end of the day, that's the competitive advantage. It truly how is well we do the competitive advantage.
1: Yeah, how well we do that with one another. I, it, again, it's just so, so plain once you once you see it in action. That's the, you know that's the crux. That's the crux of of our work in alignment, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, is to get people to almost see it in slow motion enough to, um, and and I've seen it so many times. We we get them to see it, like, and I. Um, I don't know if I brought this image imagery up on the on the podcast. You know, for me, it's kind of like when the train when you're standing on the platform and the and the train is going by, and then at that one second you can slow it down to look in the window, mm-hmm. like we can watch the businesses do that and see alignment. Yep, and then the train speeds by, um, and they have to come back because it's a pra- it's a practice. This idea of listening, mm-hmm. uh, all of these practices continue to come back, right? I yeah. mean, we talk about. You know, the most innovative organizations are, you know, they have processes for problem solving. They have processes for managing conflict. And and these things are practices.
0: Yeah. And in a way, those practices then allow you to um, at least strive to get the mastery of the discipline. So the broader perspective here is the discipline of communication and how we work together and and then you break it down. You say, Let, "Let's practice and Let, let's practice openness. Let's practice how we listen to one another. Let's practice what innovation looks like, what problem solving looks like." And um, we're not gonna we're not gonna get anywhere near that if we're not able to, to hear one another. Every, as we've said before here, every misalignment in any relationship, in particular in business, every misalignment is going to show up in some shape, form, or another as a conflict. And that means that every misalignment is an opportunity. And to be able to step into that with a sense of curiosity and inquiry, um, which uh, Tom Lockwood and I uh, use the term curious confrontation, to confront the face to truth and do it with curiosity is so powerful as one of those practices as we move towards a greater mastery of the discipline. And, and of course, at a broader perspective, the discipline of teamwork, cross-functional teamwork, um, creating mutual benefit with our customer. And, and Because if we're not listening to one another internally, odds are pretty good that we're really not listening to the customer
1: we have, I have a friend that runs the entrepreneurship program at Colorado State University, Dr. Scott Schrake, and he he puts on a wonderful program he calls his Venture Validator. And I've I've stolen, borrowed is not even the right word, I've just flat out stolen, (laughs) um, a lot of the construct of what he does in his Venture Validator to bring into my marketing strategy class. And, you know, part of the fun of that venture validator or the work we do with anybody starting a business is to not go out and talk about your product or service, but to just practice the art of listening to people. Your product or service is born out of you being able to really hear. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and Scott does that wonderfully in you know, a four-week validation exercise. He sends you out for three and a half weeks to merely listen and everybody comes with an idea for a product or service but that practice of going back and listening to the customer and making sure that you you know each week you check in to see if you've actually heard and how you've adjusted based on mm-hmm. what you've heard right cuz that's the measure if you have moved based on what you've learned then you're showcasing that you're listening to the customer
0: and that that respect that immediacy of the respect. And most of us not, are not even conscious of it. The thing is we emotionally respond to it. Um, and, and that's what great listening is about. It's, it's that idea of empathy to listen for understanding and not just understanding your experience and understanding the underlying emotion that, that, that comes with it. And to create that experience is one of the most powerful, powerful and readily available um, uh, just uh, tools and and capabilities that we have.
1: Edgar, help our audience know this idea of curiosity yeah. and being able to have a conversation with somebody from a from a, a lens of curiosity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What are the kinds of questions that people that are curious ask one another?
0: I think it starts with a statement, actually. And uh, here it is: I'm curious. I'm very interested. I'd like to know. Uh, I'm curious. Help me understand. And then the question. So I, I think the statement of intention is, is, as always, and we've talked about the uh, being intentional in, in all of our relationships, and, yeah, here's my intention. I'm, I'm curious. Help me understand. this. Uh, my sense is that this is important to you, and I'd like to understand what makes it so important.
1: If you're a business leader listening to the podcast, I would invite you to ask when's the last time that your employees heard you say to them, I'm curious.
0: Yeah. And I'm I, on my senses, who's ever listening, <laughs> there's probably somebody out there saying, well, you know, I I do that. I do that. And uh, the consistency that you do it with may, may, may be helpful then to, to build on. Yeah. To just say I'm curious or it's important for me to understand you. I wanna understand. And that in of itself is just so powerful.
1: So I agree, you might have um you might have uh mentally warped some folks today if they're listening, right? Their competitive advantage isn't their product or service necessarily.
0: Well, I don't know what the <laughs> what the competitive product or service looks like until I listen to the customer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Agur, thanks for the conversation today.
0: Yeah, thank you, Ken. And you're just grinning from year to year, and uh, so is Jim today, and so am I. Yeah, this is always uh it's always always um, very. Oh, sort of, I it it's fulfilling to have these conversations with you. So thank you very much.
1: Yeah, thank you. Jim always gives us the real feedback after the podcast is over. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm Ken Sagendorf.
0: And uh, uh, I'm Edgar Papke, and stay in touch. All questions, thoughts, comments, everything everything and anything is welcome. So let us hear from you, and uh, we'll get back to you as well. And uh, be well, live aligned, and we'll see you next time around on
1: the True Alignment Podcast.
0: Thank you.